dropping the big the hottest music in the city. Hey guys, it's Selena Gomez. Yo, what's up, it's Trevor Day. Brace yourself. As of now, WDAV DeVille Radio is in control of your mind, body, and soul. Brace yourself for non-stop mixes. What, 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 what we do? Welcome to another edition of the Voice of the Call Nation Radio Show. I'm the Chief Host, Call Genesis. We'll be with you in a minute to basically start this rocking two hours, the fastest two hours in radio. But uh, tonight's going to be a special show. But before we do that, we got to introduce, we always have an introduction song. And uh, I'm sort of feeling, coming up on almost uh, going on a year uh, of DMX's passing. So let's have a tribute to him tonight. Another one of those. This is for my Q down to earth. Do it, peace, baby. You know how we run. There's so many that don't know. The boots, the yard, the cart, the fighting, the start, the pulling, 
the crabbing, the riot squad with the captain, nobody knows what happened, what? two years in a box, revenge, the plots, uh. 23 hours that's locked, to one hour that's knocked, uh. the silence, the dark, the mind, so gradual, the wish, that the streets would have took you, when they had you, the days, the months, the years, the despair, one night, on my knees, here it comes, the prayer, Somebody brought it like DMX. <clears throat> Welcome to another edition of the Voice of the College Nation radio show. I'm the chief host of College Genesis, guiding you through the next couple of hours of some interesting conversation and a stimulating debate. We will be beginning in a few seconds. Have a couple of technical difficulties, folks. But Tonight's show is going to be about deadly clowns. Now, I mean, you heard me say this phrase for a long time. What are deadly clowns? Deadly clowns, tonight's topic. Deadly clowns. Let me talk about the history of clowns. And, uh, you know, something you're never too learn, old to learn something, right? And I learned a lot this week, right? I started a new contract, you know, working, doing calls and sales in the state of New Jersey. And uh, I had no idea that uh, people up north, the northern city states, are doing so badly financially. Rents are high up there, and there's a lot, there's a lot of poverty and, and stuff like that. And I think... Um, I'm starting to reassess uh, this lady AOC and what she's talking about. Now, I'm never going to be for socialism. 
never going to be for that. But I can see in these days and times how people can be drawn to this. While you got people who are making trillions of dollars got so much, and then people have so little. And the people with so much always pit the people with so little against the people who have a little and want to covet their pennies and dimes, you know, like the people who have nothing want to take it from them. Meanwhile, the people up on top with all the money who basically uh, got everybody fighting against each other on the bottom of the crumbs. Talk about that tonight, too. But tonight's the big story, all right? Uh... This, I don't even like repeating this guy named Ramos. You know this guy uh, remind me of eerily too? That guy that serial killed out in California that was on the dating game in the 70s, that uh, Ramirez, whatever. And and this guy, this kid looked like a reincarnated. I don't know if they executed that guy or not. I don't know if he, he got sentenced to death. I don't know if he was executed or not in California. But he was a serial killer. And this guy had a, a, a Richard Ramirez, I believe. And he was on a dating game in the 70s saying, yeah, he was a contestant on a dating game. And uh, and uh, he was found guilty and sentenced to death. And, um, you know, while I'm talking, let me just look this up. Yeah, serial killer. Let's see, serial killer. This guy that did this shooting looked just like him, like a white Hispanic. Uh, serial killer. Serial. Serial. Killer. Ramirez. Richard Ramirez, serial killer, American serial killer. Yeah, this guy, I swear to God, look at Richard Ramirez. He looks like this guy, you know. Uh, okay, he died in a medical uh, health center. Yeah, and, uh, he died on June 7th. Uh, he's out of a criminal penalty death sentence. I don't know if they execute. I think he died in prison. I really don't try. I believe he probably walked out a free man. You never know. Somebody probably got him off. His name is Richard Ramirez. He died in Greenbrae, California, age of 53. And at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, okay, died of natural causes. See, he was on uh, 13 counts of murder, 5 counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault. He used to kidnap. He got 19 death sentences. And while he was in prison, right, get to, on trial, he had all these women, right, trying to marry him, saying they want to have sex with him before he dies. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this, folks. I talk about deadly clowns. Well, who's the real clown here? You know, who's a real client? Are we not allowed to talk about women and their behavior? Do you know how many women, right? Like if this kid was captured alive, right? The captured alive that killed these uh, people, these children in, in Texas. I believe this kid was captured alive, right? He would have a fan base of females around the world sending him flowers, sending him gifts and everything like that. You know, this is a sick world we live in. You know, and, and until you understand that we live in a sick world, and you can't depend on anybody for justice or anything. I don't know where this is going to end, right? I don't know where this is going to end. I don't know when this is going to stop, right? Right now, you and I are just sitting ducks for all this. We just had a shooting three years ago in El Paso, Texas, 
where uh, a 19-year-old kid came in and gunned down 23 people in a Walmart, right? Nobody has guns. This this is a gun state. But somehow nobody had guns to pick this guy up. He could have saved, somebody could have saved a few lives. If a security guard at this school, one person would have had a gun, they could have ended this. One teacher had a gun, they could have saved lives. They said, what's the difference? Well, five people killed, killed is much better than 20 people getting to it. The death toll is up 22 right now. You see what I mean? And I got these people online attacking me. Collar, guns ain't the answer. So what the fuck is the answer? I'm not, look, look, folks, if you call, you're a hypocrite. You want to clean up the guns? And, yeah, I want irresponsible people not to have guns, but responsible people like you and I. I hope so, you and I. I hope that uh, if you and your brother are sitting in the house and y'all have your, uh, you're arguing over the last piece of chicken, I'm laughing. We talk about deadly clowns. That actually happened. A brother killed another brother over who ate the last piece of chicken. Now, if you are that type of black person, not, no, I don't want you having a gun. But if you're a responsible person, say, look, you know, I, you know, for my house, my protection, and everything, maybe I'm out in the woods and when I'm going to scare off a bear or a wolf or a bobcat, whatever, comes to my house and everything, I'm going to pick off an eagle trying to eat my cat, whatever. Or somebody, I live out in the woods and people might come to my house and break in and stuff like this. You know, for a fact of the matter is, I want you to have a gun. But people, thugs and criminals, I don't want you to have a gun. But let me give you an example. Let me say something. The average person is scared to have guns. Why? Because you and I, the law-abiding suckers out here, right? We're law-abiding suckers, right? We're so scared of if we do shoot back, we we're gonna be bankrupt. You think if you, I think about that too, man. It's better just to take your chance with the robber that he shows mercy on you. Because a robber knows, and you know, that you were a law-abiding sucker. You know, new term, law-abiding sucker. He knows that uh, he could terrorize your community, and you're not going to do anything back because you obey the law. He doesn't. You, uh, he doesn't. Now, what I'm seeing now is with deadly clowns nowadays, right? The deadly clown, the police are just stepping up their efforts, pulling people over. And every time I see somebody with a camera... Oh yeah, you why you why you pull my friend over? Why you pull another car? Look, ever the police had it, probably had some sort of cause to pull you over or whatever like that. They don't just pull people over, you know, probable suspicion, whatever. I don't know what the hell happened, right? But you know, but he got the camera on. Oh, some people in the comment section, yeah, man, black power, black power, but yo, look, every black man who gets in trouble with the law is not your brother, does not need your support. Once the deadly clowns in our community realize, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to the, the Texas shooting in a second. I know I'm rambling. Once the deadly clowns in our community know that we're not we're not laughing with them, we're laughing at them. All your antics and your stupid stuff, your dumbass uh, uh, ghetto labels and everything, which is a cover for criminal enterprise, we don't care anymore. You have to hold your own nuts. You have clowns. You have deadly clowns uh, running around. And uh, well, it used to be a time in history where the clown was the was a fringe of society. Everybody laughed. Everybody took them seriously, whatever, right? Now the clown is controlling and bullying the community. And so I'm going to give you a little backdrop of what, who the clown was traditionally. In all cultures, all cultures have clowns. Every culture has a clown. You know, the the buffoon, the the the, the freak. You know, used in Europe in times, in you know, medieval times, usually people who were clowns, who were clowns were people who were deformed. Maybe, maybe morbidly obese or uh, deformed through. Uh, that's why I say, sisters, get yourself in the gym, slim your ass down, you know, because you want you don't be morbid. When you're morbidly obese, you're 
you're a clown, you know, you're uh, a freak, you know, you're a weirdo. So get your body in tone and everything like that. It's not good people walking around looking shaped like onions and pears and shit, you know, uh, bouncing around uh, around and whatnot, you know, three necks and three chins and, and four layers of arm and shit and fat and everything. Don't do that, you know. Get yourself in shape, somewhat in shape. So when the class, so when people, when people, so you don't feel conscious when people, when you're in public and people looking at you and laughing at you, laughing your gut hanging over and stuff like that, because it's not good for your health, it's not good for your look. You want to look a certain way. What you look, let me tell you something. Reality is we do judge people how they look. You know, if you're not in shape, if you're not looking a certain way, if you're not, if you don't have proper, uh, uh, what do we call, uh, etiquette, you don't have proper hygiene and, um, you're not looking proper and everything like that, groomed properly. People, the world does judge you. And that's the way it is. So what we have now in our culture, right, people want to look like freaks. They want to paint, uh, color their hair pink. They want to have uh, outlandish eyelashes and fingernails. Dudes want to have their hand, pants falling down there off their ass and whatnot, looking all any kind of way. Women want to go out in public with their bonnets in their bathrooms. There's no shame anymore. And this is what I mean by the clown culture. The deadly clown culture is taking over. And what people say, well, Carl, what's the diff- what's the big deal? Well, when, when you don't care about how you look or uh, you don't you generally don't have any respect for the public. Oh, fuck the public. See, that's the attitude right there. That right there. Fuck the public. I can do what I It's my prerogative. No, it's not. When you are part of a society, right, it is up to you in that society to behave a certain way. You have to act according to society's standards. Society sets the rules on behavior or what's right and what's, what's, what's acceptable. I'm sorry, every society has that. And what happens is, in our culture, in American culture, there's this thing where, fuck society. Society can't judge me. I can do my own thing. I'm going to push the envelope. But that only goes for so far. Because America as a culture is all about trying to subvert the norms. Unfortunately, the black civil rights movement got caught up in that. So, Carla, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is this. Black society... Prior to the civil rights movement, very, very conservative. Very, very modest. You look at the way people dressed prior to the 60s and 70s and everything, people were very modest. People were very conservative. You know? But we were caught up with uh, sexual liberation in the white community and female liberation and all the stuff like that, you know? Drugs and all the stuff like that. Free your mind. Free your mind, the rest will follow. Be colorblind, don't be so shallow. We were following, we were following the mainstream culture of anything goes. Sleep with as many women as you want. Women sleep with as many men as you want. Women wear your skirts up high or not. We go run naked in the beach and everything. No sense of modesty and shame. Whatever, all these things, right, that kept black America sane, that kept families together and everything like that, you know, the gates of hell have opened in black America. 
And leading the way are these clowns, these court gestures that they put before us. And they basically uh, tell us to mimic. We follow their stupid morality, Tough Daddy, and all these other people. We, we follow their morality and their, and their, 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 their stupid way, Snoop Dogg and everything. I love Snoop Dogg music. I love Puff Daddy. I love their music. I love it. I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I love Snoop Dogg music. He made the best. In the 2000s, Snoop reinvented himself. He was on every club, Jaham, Cassidy, and all these other people. You know, he was with Jamie Foxx and P. Diddy. You know, I mean, I mean, eight, the, night, the 2000s was the best year as far as, like, club music and stuff like that. Snoop led the way. I Look, I get that. You know, love your music, Snoop. Love it, all the stuff like that. Love your music. But we got to know how to put music to the side. And when music starts affecting our culture, affecting our way of life, and changing your beliefs and your value system, then you sort of put a stop on it. Now, back to this shooting in Texas, right? I do believe this guy, look, this kid looks like Richard Ramirez, right? Young. He looks like he was a... Uh, uh, a white Hispanic, you know, and am I going to be the only one, right, that say there's something wrong that this guy had a dress on and he was looked like he was experimenting. And they said this one kid said this guy tried to bully people, but he always get beat up, whatever like that. This guy, people always have this notion that they found out during the Columbine shooting that all oh, these kids were bullied. Then they found out they interviewed some of the kids and they said, no, these guys were actually bullied themselves. See, here's the whole thing. There's people who want power. It's all I've said this all the time. There's a college judge I have to tell you this every week. People want power. Everybody wants power. Everyone, then people, there's people that are born into power, people that inherit power, acquire power, and everything. Then there's people that want power, right? That they don't earn or deserve with everything, but they want it. And when they don't get power, right, they lash out at the system that uh thing. That's what you have when you have a new situation. This guy wanted power. He wanted to make other people fear him. You know, he could not do that on the playground because he get beat up, whatever, like that. So basically, he's going to go and take the same thing with this kid in the Baltimore thing. They want power. They uh, they have the, he said he watches uh, plays this game Call of Duty. These guys go in these things and they go into things and kicking through doors and shooting zombies and everything. And when you're 18, your brain has not fully functioned. And then you, when, you're, when you're radicalized by social media and people telling you black people your enemy or wherever like that. And this kid, I don't know what his manifesto was. We won't know because once we look at his old tweets and Facebook posts and everything, we won't, really won't know. But I'm really thinking that this guy really felt like he was a victim, right? He, I saw pictures of him with dresses on. Looked like he was experimenting with the trans thing. You know, he felt like, you know, sexually confused. And so when people would tell me, if people say, Kyle, you're always picking on the LGBT. Look, I have to tell it like it is, folks. You know, you know I have to tell it like it is. When people are in the LGBT community, they're in these, these things right here, and they're basically uh, in that altered lifestyle, they're confused, especially 18. You're on social media, someone's telling you that the world is wrong. If you want to feel like a woman, you can. You know, you want to go out there and wear a dress and everything, you can. You want to spend your sexuality. Then when the world does not accept you, you find out that for thousands of years, people generally, a thousand years from now, people still not going to accept that. People are intolerant of that. See, see, the whole thing is this. I am very tolerant. I'm not accepting. I'm tolerant. There's a difference. Tolerant means I'll tolerate what you're doing. Now, tolerant means that 
I have some sort of authority to society. What they're saying with my tolerance is I'm oppressing them because I have no right to decide. I beg to differ. If we're 99% of the population in the majority, right? I, yeah, we dictate what's normal and what's acceptable, what's tolerated. 1% does not get, the minority does not get to dictate over the majority. I don't care how many people you have at CNN. I don't care how many people you have as social justice warriors. I don't know how, how many people you have as TikTokers and allies and everything like that. The majority of people see a man is a man, a woman's a woman. Do you understand that? And so the bottom line is not my job to accept you. I could tolerate you. I know you have a lawful right to do what you want to do. I, I get that, right? I'm not going to stop you from doing that. I'm not going to stop you from uh, doing what you want to do in life. You know, it's not my place. I'm tolerant, but I'm not accepting. You know what accepting means, right? I don't want to see it. If, if, if I'm in my social media group, right, and you have that lifestyle, I'm sorry. I have a right to say you're not allowed here. But I don't have a right to go and try to get your space, your social media site that you do. I don't have the right to troll your site and, and bash you and threaten you. That's the difference. Tolerant means you're on your side, I'm on my side. You do your thing, I do my thing. But that's but in the age of social media, what you have is these people who are invading safe spaces that are normally, that's what their attack on Kevin Samuels is all about. The manosphere, the black manosphere. Black heterosexual men saying, look, these are the problems we face as far as dating, marriage, everything. You're black heterosexual men. You should have no voice. You're just supposed to be a mule. Go out there and vote for the next Democrat. You're not supposed to have an opinion. You're not supposed to care about your issues. You're not supposed to have any issues. You're not supposed to have any issues that concern you. You know? Anything that concerns you, everything that concerns you is not supposed to be. You're supposed to be this mindless, yes, uh, fighting for oppression. Well, who, wait a minute. I have my issues. Okay, these are things I'm concerned about, like, like black men. So therefore, we're using our social platforms and everything through the manosphere and through social media to talk about black male issues. And black women are catching on saying, yeah, I agree with y'all. But we're supposed to sit back and be social justice warriors and basically uh, cape for everybody who claims to be oppressed. You got a grown 50-year-old white man decides he wants to self-identify as a 16-year-old blonde girl. We're supposed to sit back and be like, yes, my brother, you're oppressed like I am. You know, yes, my brother. Yes, my oppressed brother. I know you're white and everything like that. You're a middle-aged white man, but you want to relive your life as a white girl named Brenda. In the suburbs and everything, so you should be able to transit to a 16, 17 year old white girl. Yes, my oppressed white brother, trans brother, and everything. This is this insanity what we're talking about here. And now I think the fact that people, the people, all those people that's that's got into that lifestyle, they get into their little groups and everything, and they have their support. Then they look at the real world. The real world does not exceed that that way it is. And so what they do, they lash out. Let me tell you something. A few years ago, the same thing happened in Utah. There was a trans kid, right? And he's manifesting, fuck the world, whatever. And he shot up a school. It was buried because anytime the trans community, LGBT community, who's doing a lot of these killings, right? 
anytime they, that their sexuality they, is buried, like you won't talk, you won't, they won't talk or mention that. You know, they'll talk about this kid in Buffalo, he was white supremacist, yeah. But they won't talk about when somebody's a trans or whatever like that, and they feel like their world's out against them. Those are the people who are most dangerous. It happened a few years ago, and then when, when they were asking about what happened, let's let's see if I can find this article. Yeah, because I get I get impression that people out there do not believe me. Yeah. Let's see. Serial Serial. Uh, let's see. Mass shooting. Shooting in Utah. I believe I was saying Utah. Utah. Okay. Uh, Utah politics said about okay. Okay. It's a Utah you lead response to Tuck. See, it happened in Utah. Okay. It was in two thousand. It was two thousand twenty, January two thousand twenty. Okay. Boys four wound, wounded in the mass shooting since first Utah since two thousand seven. I don't hear about that. Okay, let me get to this. I think this is the thing. I think this is the case. Police were trying to piece together uh, what happened leading up to shooting. Who the victims were all related. Okay, motive. We don't have any of that. Of course not. It appeared to be lost uh, since 2007. Government five people killed themselves in Charlie Mall. Sorry, but also for nearly 20 years in Granville's town of 11,035 mile, uh, miles of Salt Lake City. Police were un, were able not even lose boy's identity because of his charges of juvenile uh, suspect. I believe this is a case where the boy was a uh I, I was a trans trans boy you know whatever and uh his thing was fuck the world whatever so basically you could say fuck the world when you know okay let's see what's the statement parents grandparents secure your firearms everyone hug your loved ones tight one and remember love not hate will heal the birthday small tens of millions of people uh, da, 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 da. Okay, you know the whole thing is this. Let me find another a better article. Obviously, they're not good. The Guardian's not going to tell what happened. You know. Oh, okay, remember. Okay, uh, evidently no one wants to talk about that. But the boy actually said, "Fuck the world," you know. He said, fuck the world. And the story was buried, right? Because they were talking about that. He was talking about his proclivity to want to, uh, to be a girl or trans, transgender. Uh, okay, let's see. Investigators believe the victims were all related. He said, shooter. Other than that, he's a juvenile male. Plus, they're going to protect this kid, you know? Here's to be a large mass shooter in Utah in 2007. Okay, it's been a long time, Phil said. Uh, officials said he's the only spouse that his relationship to victim was not completely clear. Uh, let's see. They found by two girls, boy and woman. The shooter and surviving victims were gone. And discoveries, robots, hustle, blah, 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 blah. I'm just rambling, folks. 
See, the bottom line is this. Anytime it's one of these people in the LGBTQ community, right? You know, uh, every time it's one of these LGBTQ community. Okay, now somebody... Now, the Republic, now Utah, since that shooting, Utah is commenting a lot. A lot of Utah officials are commenting on this. All Republican land can do it. Washington, D.C. It happened there. Even Republicans. As I keep saying Utah leaders reacted to a deadly shooting in Texas. Like they're still talking about that two years later. Okay. Utah activists condemned, man, look at all the headlines. Utah activists condemned shooting in Buffalo. You know, you know. So the whole thing is this: the uh, um, okay, suspect in fatal shooting of Utah couple. That's another case. Uh, mental health. Okay, this is what happens. Utah schools call for mental health resources problems. Texas shooting. Okay, now they're talking about mental health issues. Okay, mental health issues. Now, <laughs> there it is, right there, folks. That what happened is when they buried that case because the media is like that, right? That dude in the Utah case, in this case, in Buffalo, the kid made a, uh, what's his name, Peyton, whatever his last name is. He made things saying, I hated blacks, whatever, like this. The Utah killer made a statement because of the juvenile, they're not going to release him. They're not going to release his name. He made statements that the, uh, the world sucks and everything, that he's being oppressed because uh, 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 he wants to be a girl, and people in the world looks at him like a freak. That the world has no right to judge him, and all. So I'm sorry, kid. I don't know who told you that. If you're born a male, that's what you are. Now, if you want to do that, right? You want to do that. Understand, like I questioned Dwayne Wade and his logic with his son. The world's not gonna accept that. I don't know what uh, him and his crazy wife Gabrielle Cunion. And all these other people think we think we're gonna be like, oh yeah, Dwayne Wade, so get the hell out of here. Not for me, you're not. Magic Johnson's son. They put these people out here, and we're supposed to just accept this. It don't work like that. And then when these people turn around, they'll come. When they lash out, they commit suicide. They say that suicide is the highest among the transgender. Now, some of the people who transgender and stuff like that, they commit suicide, right? And some people, this is a new trend, they're shooting other people. There's an old African proverb that says a child that is not embraced by the village will burn that village to feel its warmth. Should I say that again? Uh, A child that is not embraced by the village will burn the village down to feel its uh, uh, warmth. Do you understand? Do I have to explain that to you again? Do you really get where where the college is coming from? A child that does not feel the warmth of his uh, village will burn it down to feel its warmth. And until you understand that, uh, this is what's going to happen. Until we confront these uh, people that's telling people that you're crazy, wet, light, way like I don't know how to do it because people get radicalized. You, I, I, you know what the counterbalance of all this is? 
uh, uh, the, uh, the counter bounce wall this is. When I watch television, despite everything you say about television, right? Television usually gives you an accurate view of how the world really is. People say internet. I don't think so. Because the internet, you can cherry pick what you think is your reality. On television, broadcast media, there's a lot of risk. And if you get it wrong, your program, whatever like that, will flop. Or on social media, people have their leisure watching stuff, and, and you don't really know what's really how. You got okay, you can see if somebody gets 100 million views on a video, okay, that's you know, okay, that's viral, what we call viral. But for the most part, people aren't uh, getting radicalized by viral videos, they're getting radicalized by videos they see over and over again, and they have a, a, a contingent of people who agree with them. And what happens is, people get people, what, what happens when you start getting radicalized and it's unfiltered stuff. You are playing yourself. You are playing yourself. Do you understand? You are playing yourself. This is it. Dope from the fly kid. The ice mark is back with the high lid. Suckers have lost the players and not. Gangsters, you ain't your fame punk if you ever heard a gunshot. Yo, the pusher, the player, the pimp, gangster, the hustler, high roller, dead press folder. It's cold lamping like a black king on the throne. Evil League, turn up the microphone so I can ill and break on the roller tape. Another album to make, great. Islam turned the bass kicked up a bit. Hype the snare, now I got a place to sit and ride the track like a black Neck in his lap, hit the corner slow where the girls are at, and kick game the way it should be done. How you gonna drop science? You're dumb, stupid, ignorant. Don't even talk to me. In school, you drop math, science, and history, and then you get on the mic and try to act smart. But let me tell you one thing you got hard to perpetrate your fate, so just wait until the press shove a mic in your face. Or you meet Boogie down a Chuck D, Stetsasonic, or the Big Daddy. And they ask you about the game you claim you got. Drop science now, why not? You start to sweat and fret, it gets hot. How'd you get into this spot? You played yourself. Yo, yo, you played yourself. I'm no authority, but I know the D-E-A-L When it comes to dealing with the female What you got, they want, cash is what they need Slip sucker and they'll break you with speed But you meet a freak, you try to turn her out Spending money's what I'm talking about But you fool out, your pockets got blew out And after the date, no boots, you got threw out Mad and shook, cause your duckers got took Call her up Phones off the hook, but who told you to front and flaunt your grip? You can't buy no relationship, you played yourself. Yo, homeboy, you played yourself. I'm in the MC game, a lot of MCs front, and for the money they sell out stunts. But they claim that they're rich and that they keep cash. Yo, let me straighten this out fast. 200, you're just a lucky man. Guess who controls your destiny? Fans. But you diss them because you think you're a star. That attitude is rude, you won't get far. Because they're turning you quick, you drop like a brick. Unemployment's where you'll sit. No friends because you diss them too. No money, no crew. You're through. You played yourself. That's right, you played yourself. You played yourself.
Yo, yo, you play. You got problems, you claim you need a break. But every dollar you get, you take. Straight to the dope man, try to get a beam up. Your idle time is spent trying to scheme up. Another way to get money for a jumbo. When you go to sleep, you count five O's. Lying and cheating, everybody you're beating. Dirty clothes and you're skinny, cause you haven't been eating. You ripped off all your family and your friends. Nowhere does your loss in the end. And then you get an idea for a big move. An armed robbery. Smooth. But everything went wrong. Somebody got shot. You couldn't get away. The cops rolled your pops. And now you locked yo, lamping on death row. Society's fault? No. Nobody put the crack into the pipe. Nobody made you smoke off your life. You thought that you could do dope and still stay cool? Ooh. You played yourself. You played yourself. Ain't nobody else's fault. You played yourself. Ice T. 1988. You played yourself. Let me tell you something, folks. In this game, right, the game of life, right? I don't know why. It's a life's gamble. Life is not a uh, game. Life gambles a game. Now, people, it used to be a time, right, before the deadly clowns took over our culture, before the funk master flex. I ain't blaming on really on him. Before we had Wendy Williams, and she's in the news now lately, and she's talking about Wells Fargo and stuff. Let me tell you a little story, folks, of how this all started, right? Uh, corporate America says in 1992, we cannot have... Uh, we had a, move, a revolution. Let me tell you something, right? People talk about Generation X's, right? I'm gonna tell you a little story. 1992, the movie Spike Lee's movie Malcolm. We were ready for revolution. That Rodney King era, that we were ready for revolution nationwide. We were ready. All the stuff that Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey talked about was we had militancy all over the country. These people were scared. They said we have to do something about this. And then our worst nightmare came. It went from fight the power to fight each other. Should I say that again? It went from fight the power to fight each other. Fuck the East Coast. East Coast versus West Coast. You know, this nigga versus that nigga. You know, you know the dirty South. You know, West Side Riders, you know. You know, I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. I'm from New York, New York. You know, East Side. And so all this stuff like this is basically I go and uh, flavoring your ear remix, right? 1994, Bad Boy, East Coast versus West Coast. That was put in there. Why the start of beef? Vibe magazine, Hot 97. All these things, but during that time period, there was a lot of people who did, who were working together. You had uh, 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 um, Dr. Dre working with Nas. You had Snoop working with Lil Kim, Fifty working with Lil Kim, so like that. So people were basically like this. While that was going on in the mainstream, there were still rappers and people like, "Yo, this is stupid, man." Snoop goes, "I got people in Brooklyn, whatever." And people are like, oh, I got, I go out to the West Coast and everything, ain't nothing like that. I see, like, yo, look, you know, he was, he went to New York undercover, TV show. 
But the whole thing is, all I kept hearing in the popular culture, the street is, yo, East Coast versus West, all this kind of stupid, corny motherfuckers. The clowns, deadly clowns taking over, controlling the conversation. Where real intelligent people are like, oh, that's stupid, you know? Stupid West Coast and East Coast. Well, kind of, kind of stupid nonsense. Bottom line is this, Big E, Tupac, and all this stuff like that, you know? Uh, Tupac, Tupac's from Baltimore, you know? New York and all that. Suddenly, he's a West Coast rider. That's the stupidest shit I've heard in my life. But like I said, when you let the clowns take over, when the clowns take over and everything, there's nobody there to, there's not the Chamberlain to come in and say, yo, look, you know, you guys got, you're relieved of duties and go away and stuff like that. You don't, and the guard, the royal guard, the palace guards will come in and everything. The clown will run the show. And so that's what you have when you have Hot 97, unfiltered. It used to be a time we had people like in New York, we had people like Mr. Magic, Frankie Crocker, and all these other people. Let me tell you something. The gatekeepers in black America were thorough at one time. We'll talk about our history. You have people like Donald, Dr. Leonard Jeffries would get on uh, urban radio, talk to us and everything. That was a time of Tawana Brawley, Yusuf Hawkins, and stuff like this. All that was pushed to the side. They said we need radio where we can reach a hip-hop demographic devoid of any sort of black consciousness or anything. That's dangerous. So what they give you is you don't know who this fucking guy from. This guy came out of nowhere. And Angie Martinez and Wendy Williams and all that. Come to find out Wendy Williams didn't even grow up around black people. She went to Badana. That's why she acted the way she did. So they put Wendy Williams and everything in the Hot 97. And, uh, and then when they see that's the whole thing. When you want to get rid of the black militants, right? What happens is those type of black elites and everything that work for the New World Order and all these other people like that, the the the, the uh, uh, George Soros types and all the people that control like the glory of science, CIA types, they know the fact of the matter is black America. You got to bypass the black militants. Just same thing they did with when they created the movie Superfly and all that stuff, the Mac and all that stuff like that, right? That was basically to counter. The black militant culture give you the gangster and the hustler as the hero they knew they do that all the time and i figure okay you know we understood their game they got us in the 70s and everything like that we start glorifying the heroin dealers and the thing and we stopped listening to people like malcolm x we have beautiful movies in the 70s like five on the black you want to see a beautiful black movie watch the movie five on the black hand side people don't even know that right shaft was not supposed to happen Shaft was a cop, you know, and they didn't want to make the black cop a hero. So basically, they said, nah, that won't sell right now because he was up against movies like Hell Up in Harlem, Black Caesar, and all stuff like that. But Shaft was a cop. That movie barely passed. Melvin Van Peebles talked about that movie, barely made it. It was a black militant that came out, showed up, and said, yo, look, we're going to be in the theaters watching this hero called Shaft. It was not embraced by the black uh, thing. It was not promoted because the white mass media did not promote Shaft. It became a cult history. This Samuel Jackson redid it in, the, in, the, in 99, I think in 98, 99, made the remake of that, right? But for the most part, Shaft was like his. I mean, I remember uh, I was like 20 years old. This Puerto Rican guy, Adrian, never forget, I couldn't stand this motherfucker. I worked with him. You know, he was one of Puerto Rican, from Puerto Rican, not New York, Puerto Rican, but he's from Jersey. But he's always like, yeah, man, my hero was Shaft. I go, who the fuck is Shaft? I didn't even know who Shaft was. 
Now, I saw, I've seen Free the Hard Way, everything like that, right? But it was important because no, Shaft was a black guy, a cop, right? So I began looking him up, right? And, I, and my friend said, oh, yeah, I heard of him, Shaft, right? We didn't know who the fuck Shaft was. The Richard Roundtree. Oh, yeah. I never heard of Shaft. I said, damn, this is a fucking Puerto Rican dude, you know, told me about who Shaft was. But he wasn't popular among us back then, right? Now we look at it, right? Oh, Shaft was a man, but we didn't give it that broad support. Because we were taught, uh, we were being shown uh, movies that hell up in Harlem, you know, the pimp movies. Like, what was popular in black America was movies like Do the Right Thing. It's a Sidney Poitier, Bill Cosby movie. Those are popular, you know. But Shaft didn't have the backing of Mavis Thing. And then you had uh, Dolomite, you know. We had Dolomite. That was popular. That was Underground. It was another one that didn't make it to, like, the mainstream. You know, the Underground called Dolomite. So all, so all these things that uh, 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 people don't even know that goes on, how people control our culture, our images, and stuff like this. Now, back to the topic of the deadly clowns. The clown uh, and the gesture and the people like that are usually made for fun. And if you look at the majority of black images in America, it also, let's say, okay, let's let me say what the black black uh, clown is. A thing called Sambo is a caricature of a black man. Always has his top hat on, you know, uh, suit, putting on airs. White is a character white man created. It is observation of the black man, the black man who lived in this country. Trying to the African man trying to adopt to look white. He always tried to make the black man look foolish, awkward. It's a attempt to mimic and clown and, and dehumanize the black man, make him out to be bumbling, <clears throat> a simpleton, a liar, cheat, you know, a hustler, shucking and jiving. He always got something to say. He's slick. The best uh, 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 character that I could see on TV was, remember Richard Pryor's movie, uh, him and Fred Williams and Adios Amigo, where Richard Pryor swindled the town and said, yeah, he swindled the town, he was sharp as a whip, you know what I'm saying? So white people have always had this thing where, and make no mistake, he never trusted the black man in America. He realized the black man in America, if you give him a chance, he would, do, he would take over the civilization. That's what they really believe. So to make sure that never happens, right? He always has to create this idea that to white people, like, these people could never, ever run this country. Your life will be in peril. You know, these people are dishonest, untrustworthy, foolish, silly, childish. All these things they put out there in the minds of white people, that black people are unprofessional, we're not a thorough, and we don't care about anything about anything but just getting, having fun and getting to the next day. That's a sambo. Then when he puts a sambo up, or then when he used to do the mock sambo, where it was really them. They, it was, see, all the stuff that they projected onto us wasn't true. But it was really them. So they were the ones who were lazy and bumbling and stupid and foolish, you know, and childish. But when they see a black man walking down the street and everything, he says, you know, the first thing he says, he hates that. So he attacks a black man with violence or whatever. Make sure the police does. This is something about the eighteen hundred. Black people had no rights. He was like, "Oh, these inferior people and everything." Black people were orderly. No matter what we did, how, how impeccably dressed we are, 
you go to Harlem, right, in, in, in uh, the early 20th century, Harlem was uptown. When you would get, they couldn't do that. Harlem, Harlem was like, man, we tried to do all our menstrual stuff and our stereotypes, but when you go uptown, you see those black people, they coming out of church and they're going through their halls and stuff like that. You were going uptown. That means you have to drive and go uptown. I got it. That's what the fancy black folks are. But that's been a race from history. They make it seem so when they draw the image of Uptown, right? When they make their movies, we're all freaking jumping up in the air, acting like fools and everything like that, you know? They go to a, a couple of after hour places and everything, and they think, oh, that's the Harlem. That's not the real Harlem. They know that. The Harlem and those people basically doing business and stuff like this, going to church, going to school, going to uh, building business and everything, guys studying for his degree, whatever like that. All the culture and everything like that you see, the arts and everything, the Harlem Renaissance, all that is not going to be portrayed in the white culture, right? Because that would go against their fundamental belief that this is an inferior race of people. It goes against their Sambo image. You know, there was this, there was, used to be a restaurant called Sambo's. Had a guy with big lips, big red lips, big eyes and everything, gold teeth and everything, Sambo's. And when I first moved to Middletown, New York, there was a restaurant called Sambo's, right? It was still there. It was it's a Denny's now. I tell people all the time, I said, when we moved in the middle of town, New York in 1976, it was called Sambo's. My father was like, Sambo's, right? And they had blackface and everything. 1976. Then by 1980, they changed it to Sam's. And then uh, by the time the mid-80s, by the time the mid-80s came around, when I'm in, I'm in high school, uh, it was called, it was Denny's bought the property and changed it to Denny's. But look at up, middle town, New York, Sambo's. It was there until a large number of black people from the city started moving up there. They said, you know, the NAACP uh, helped get it uh, changed. So the Sambo is this. See, white people have their own version of who they think we are. A clown, buffoon, an idiot. And the whole thing is they will pay a lot of money for you to get on television, to get on records, to act like a clown, an idiot, and a buffoon for their amusement. That's why they love Flavor Flav so much. That's why they like all these people, Snoop Dogg and everything. They love the clown culture. They love the black man being a fool, a buffoon, entertaining them, smiling, you know, jumping and jumping. But the thing is, though, those same black men, while they're all jumping and jumping, they'll, they'll kill each other in a minute. That's what the sample is, the black clown. Shucking and jiving, you know, laughing, you know, hucking, lustful, you know. Always trying to, ah, I gotta get some pussy, ah. <laughs> Shucking and jiving. Now, the, now, now, we've, uh, this Sambo culture, this clown culture, has bred baby Sambos. Your young thug, your YGK, your, uh, your, uh, your, um, all these rappers. You know, I can't even name them all. You know, Sambos. And white people love it. You know, these vicious-looking sambos that get up on stage and entertain them and all acting the fool and everything like that. They're making beats and everything like that. It's like this. The whole thing is that as long as young white girls are liking it, it must be okay. And black people like that, too. If they We judge everything by if white people like it. Well, you see, white people like it. That's what I always hear. White people like it. So what? That doesn't mean it's right. We, we think so highly of white people that we that that we compare our morals that we used to be our morals used to be way higher than theirs 
You know, where did we learn how to be drunk and be foolish and all that? We learned that from them. The black people, the, the slave master taught us how to be drunk. He, he made us out to be drunk as well, because basically, if you give slaves alcohol now on their days off and everything, they're not going to want to run away or rebel. You know, how do they, they make our women out to be whores? Easy. So they can breed more slaves. You know I mean, black women uh, thought it was natural. I remember some watching watch movies like Hall of Nights and everything. And there was this uh, 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 story I read about these uh, 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 octoroon or light-skinned uh, uh, madams in the New Orleans that sold black, uh, light-skinned black girls uh, to, uh, uh, to white men, you know, or black, whoever had the highest price selling ass. So being madams and everything like that, where did we get this from? We didn't do that in Africa. We learned that from them. The drunkenness and the friggin' moonshine and all this stuff like this. Where did we learn all this stuff from? It didn't, that's not derived from our culture. We learned that from them. But the thing is, though, we always, in our culture, it's always been uh, 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 this thing where we've always condemned this stuff. We've always fought against that. We know the fact that what terrified a lot of black people was that nigger culture. That going nowhere. I remember my uncle Al said, look, man, he brought his family to New York. Fact, I don't want my kids to be niggas. I want them to go to school, and I understand why they want to get a good education. So they don't have to go through that. They see life. They could do something in life with, for themselves. That's why we like education. That's why we want to take our people out of that environment. We'll put them into a better environment. Now the stuff that we thought we were leaving has followed us in the suburbs. It's on our social media things. It's in our entertainment. It's all around us. How is this happening? We used to be able to select who, what we want to represent. We don't have that selection anymore. We don't have that anymore in black America. We just don't. So we ask this question, who decides, you know, uh, who um, is a uh, thing? So we, uh, we're going to be uh, having some more music coming up. Let's decide what we're going to play. Let's see. So, so um, folks, that, that's the whole thing we're talking about here. In the next hour, we're going to really dig, uh, dig into this. We're going to really dig into this, uh, what we're talking about, with this sample culture. Why is it around? How can we... Uh, 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 get uh, get this off. Get this out of our culture. Everything. I think uh, things are starting to change with this, uh, with the help of social media. I think things are really going to start to change. Dropping the big I don't wanna ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. The hottest music in the city. Hey guys, it's Selena Gomez. Yo, what's up, it's Trevor Daniel. Last night was last night, and my past life got me here like you can never figure me out. Oh, 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 oh. This is the Bill Radio. 
Brace yourself. As of now, WDAV, DeVille Radio, is in control of your mind, body, and soul. Brace yourself for non-stop mixes. What we do? I'll be hit you with another one of them old phenomenal shits. 1996, that nigga comes through with another one of those fucking hell ones. Bust around in the club. And yo, son, I get busy each and every day. Freaky different shit make you bounce around your way. So many niggas just made away. Talking shit on mics with nothing to say. Wait, I didn't play wrong shit you want to say. Hit you off, make you and your people's want to stay. Yo, who be that nigga that be coming through? Don't you do something that will catch up? 
remember that song, folks. We're going to talk about that song when it came out. Uh, when that song came out, and uh, and uh, it came out as I recall. Oh, hold up, that song came out in the movie Set It Off. Okay, let me see what movie Set It Off. Let me say before I say this, I want to be accurate. Set it off. Okay, yeah, that song came out the same time. At Get on the Bus and Spike Lee. I'm going to talk about why that song came out exact exact same time. You know, same time, same thing where uh, when the movie Malcolm X came out, they had a TV series on the Jackson 5 that came out. Exact same time. There's no coincidence. So we're going to talk about that. Set it off and Get on the Bus. Why those two movies competed and set it off was competing with uh, Get on the Bus, you know, at the same time. It was two completely different movies. It's basically they're trying to control the thought process in the direction of black America. I know what I'm talking about, folks. I know exactly what I'm talking about. So we're going to talk about that next, you know, in this what we call the deadly clown takeover. One second, folks. Okay. Like you're not handling, and all the 
talked about this song lift the regret that was a song off the uh set it off uh, uh soundtrack and everything i saw set it off i was not really impressed i saw uh, get on the bus and everything i wasn't really impressed with that that was a sort of a good movie and everything like that i guess spike props for the taking that thing but then spike lee comes out with the a movies uh shot us i mean not shot us but uh i don't know what's other movie he's trying he tried to get into the whole gangster stuff and everything like that corners I, I forgot the name of the movie he was trying to fucking do whatever but the whole thing is folks you know let me say man it's you know the clowns won that round we started the deck uh the the 90s off with fight the power remember that 89 fight the power 1989 another summer what the fuck happened you know uh i mean like i said we had flavor flavor was a clown but we also had Griff. Griff was like the Milton one. Way Chuck D said it was right was uh, uh, Griff is what America doesn't want to see in a black young black man, and Flavor is what they want to see, you know, clowning, joking, and everything like that. But Flav stole the show. He was a fool, you know, you know, and uh, him, Snoop Dogg, and Tupac Shakur. Then we mentioned by presidential candidates Rob Dole and everything. Tupac Shakur and Flavor Flav and Doggy Dog. Well, he didn't sound right saying that shit. Anyway, uh, so uh, Griff disappeared. He's on social media. I talked to him a couple times. You know, stuff like that. You know, Cam Bourne, whatever his name is now and everything. He's on social media. He charged a lot. 
he charges like eight hundred dollars for a lecture. You know, you know, Griff's outside. Everybody wants to see Griff. Now I met them in Harlem back in '89. You know, at the uh, the uh, Harry Tubman uh, Junior High, and Nation of Islam was there and everything like that. You know, and I said like this when I went there, man. I said this, man. This this is where I want to be, man. I went to my that was my first Nation of Islam rally. I was like, man, these guys, man, I like them, man. They would check us out, and the brothers was like. Brother, we're doing this for our own protection, brother. And they handle you, the fruit of Islam, they handle you with such good care and everything. Them brothers, you know, it's real men, you know. But like I said, unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, no, uh, our community just rejected all that. And then when in the, when, when um, uh, we had all these other shows that were there, these guys were talking. Got one guy was rapping, he was corny, you know, something like that. Dr. Aleem was there. He was a keynote speaker and everything, you know. And all the kids in the, in the crowd were like, I just want to see Flavor Flav. And then Griff and Flav came on. The only one that wasn't there was, uh, was Terminator X. And the rest of them were there. Chuck D and all of them were there. And they got on stage and everything. And Griff was like, yeah, you know, talking about this. And uh, that. And the Flav was on the stage. Yo, my, you know saying? all the kids were like, oh, Flav, Flav. I just want to see Flav, Flav. They wasn't really hearing what Griff had to say, but you know, everybody was just all the kids were there just for flavor flavor, you know. It was what it was, you know. And so basically we left, went home, we went back upstate, got on the train, you know, and uh went to the Bronx, you know, we parked our cars in the Bronx. My car was in the Bronx, so we had to go take the train to the Bronx to the uh to the uh concourse and then we uh got in the car and we back up uh no, I think we slept in the city that night. Yeah, we slept in uh, we slept in the city that night. And we were back in the morning. But uh point I'm trying to make is uh I I thought that I thought that we were on our way, you know, me and my naivete. Then, and I tell the story so many times, you tired you tired of hearing me say this, right? I was completely off guard. Like uh, two years later, I moved to the south, right? I come down there with this fight to power stuff, right? And I realized that the people down here in the South didn't want to hear shit what I had to say about that 5% all that black stuff. What they were feeling was the gangster stuff. The Snoop Dogg. So the bottom line is this. We could, we could win this. We could win this war in our culture. Because uh, a couple of guys told me this a, a few years ago, right? He worked for BET. At his, at when it was at his worst, right? He said, man, what he saw how what he put on uh, uh, videos, how it affected people. Where, I, and I knew this from my friend, Mr. Uh, DJ, Mr. Nice. He told me, he said, man, I can make his, I can, uh, uh, I'm a DJ. I can control the crowd. Or I can make it, I can make this place riot. I can keep it, or I can keep it in peace. Music is powerful. So let me get let me start out by saying this. Start by saying this. Our youth never really had a chance. The stuff you see right now, it ain't because they're acting out. It's the way they're programmed. Colin, what are you talking about? You you make it, you sound like them. Okay, well let me explain to you what I'm talking about. A modern civilization, civilization is a, a, a civilization itself. It's never left to chance. You go back to the beginning of time. You always had this thing called the culture critic. 
people people who are artisans. Art imitates life. Because we, people who are artists and critics and everything, we want our society to act a certain, look a certain way. To maintain what? A civilization. What, what the problem in black America is how we're discredited is because we're not the majority. They, black people feel because they, America stole us from Africa and everything, we have no responsibility to act in a certain way. Yes, you do. You still have a responsibility to your community and your culture. It doesn't matter how we got here the circumstances here. It does not matter about the white man being racist and, and the, the, the things that the life is stacked against you. It does not matter. You have a responsibility. You're part of a black culture. And that's what we're missing right here. With that, you have a responsibility to act a certain way. And we as culture critics have a responsibility to critique our culture. To say at all, this is not acceptable. This is acceptable. This is what we're not, we're not going to accept. We're not going to condone. It's been like that throughout time. But the thing is, in other cultures and societies, what they do, they have plays. They have reward and punishment for that. In any society, right, where the songs they sing, the songs that get popular, they have folk music that talk about the common struggle of people. You look at the, the, the Russian culture, the Volga Bolton. Every Russian, when you hear that Volga Bolton, you realize no matter what, you could be a, a mafia thug in the street, but you're like, oh, Russian pride. You know where far to go. It brings them back to something, something real. In Chinese, they had the Peking Opera telling stories and fables and things all over again. This is how people maintain the, who they are for generations. They don't fall apart like we do. We tried, right, with people like Paul Robeson and all these people, uh, uh, John Coltrane and all these other people that tried to give us music and art and everything to pull ourselves together through. But we rejected that. Because the people that don't have our best interests are, are putting the very worst of us before the world. Paying the very worst of us you saw this. Look at this young thug. 50 murders. Who's funding this? This ain't coming from the hood. These are coming from high ups. You think this is an accident? No. All every time you look on TV, there's new gangster movies popping up. I saw this one clip on that. Yeah, somebody told me something. You okay? All hood, ghetto, mediocrity, gang stuff. How many snowfalls? How many stuff that we're gonna keep seeing? Every time we look around, there's a new gangster series and everything. You think that's any accident? No. Because we don't have any control. Let me tell you something. The, the, the real difference is this. Back in the um, 1930s, right, uh, there was a man that was uh, coming up called Walt Disney. Now, People don't really understand this. So, like people like uh, Hanna Barbera and all these other people like this. Why they get so? Why they blow up? And many people like uh, Warner Brothers and all these people. They actually saved American civilization because America was teetering towards communism, anarchy, and uh, stuff like that. The uh, 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 the uh, the anarchist movement was growing in America. Radical movements growing in America. Uh, organized crime was growing in America. Bootlegging, all the stuff like this. Was going America was going down that road of destruction. All the stuff you see where Al Capone was a folk hero, Pretty Boy Floyd, Dillinger, Ma Barker. These were people that were heroes. 
And what did they do? They say, you know something? We're going to create new heroes that kids can buy into. They even went to people like Babe Ruth. Babe. I heard Babe. I think there was a rumor that Babe Ruth was a was actually part black himself. And he was always hanging around Harlem and hanging around black women and prostitutes' house and everything. But the publicist <coughs> kept his image. He said, he said, Babe, you can't do that. The youth are looking up to you. See, in every society, it's always about let's protect the youth. The youth are always going to be giving into bad, bad influences. So you have to counter that with good influences. They went to Babe Ruth and say, you know, Babe, we're going to make a cartoon series about you, whatever like that. Even cartoon series, a comic book series. Why do you think we have comic books, you know? Comic books were aimed at the youth. Crime does not pay. Good's going to triumph over evil. All these things, the Archie series, morality, teach people morality, what's right and what's wrong. Even Charlie Brown, the Peanut series. All these things are not done just to, for entertainment. It's to steer people into a certain direction, path in life. So therefore, when you saw Superman, Superman uh, destroyed the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, what you call the Ku Klux Klan was a very powerful force. But it was people like Frank Sinatra said, yeah, I can't judge a man by his color. And that's what gave the whole thing where we have to change America. Because America was like, yeah, okay, was it white America or black America? Frank Sinatra said no. And then all of a sudden, a lot of the cartoon series and everything start to follow suit. Being prejudiced against a man because his skin is wrong. Crime is wrong. Remember, watch an episode of Batman where the youth were basically, there's a important message where the youth were making money and Batman said, look, kids, anytime, uh, he's a rich man, rich, Bruce Wayne, rich man. He said, there's no fast way to make money. Because bottom line is this, and then uh, 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 the youth, this, this, every youth, they always question, why is it that so many people got rich, so many people got poor, every, this, every society. But you have to realize that, yes, some people are born lucky, life is not fair, but you got to learn to be happiness and be patient and, and be the best way you can. And sometimes you get lucky, sometimes that's the way life is. But for God's sake, you don't take the, uh, that attitude where, I could do whatever I want because crime. But then they say, "Look, this is the ultimate. This is the the uh, uh, the thing is left." They remember they made the movie um, Public Enemy. You know, when the uh, the Public Enemy, uh, Public Enemy, and they in the end, when James Cagney, I believe it was, he was like, "I didn't want to be a gangster," and he went to the electric chair. You know, that was a message they're trying to send out to the youth. So and that really resonated with uh thing. And then that one movie, one guy was like. Top of the morning, mommy. Uh, top of the world, ma. And he's basically fried on the uh, thing. Now, what you call the whole thing is this: movies and everything teach a tale. It's like, yeah, man, that was really messed up what he went through and everything. He lost, and on the end, where the bad guy was walked up to the gallows and he's hung and everything like that, you know, and uh, the, the the long arm of the law and everything like that. So it tells people that, yes, this is the way life is. You got to stay on the right Now, if white people are being groomed to say, yeah, look, stay on the right side of world history, stay on the right side of law, and at the same time, you're flooding black kids up with gangs and thuggery and everything. What the hell do you think is going to happen to the mindset of the, the, the youth? They're hearing death, destruction, and stuff like that all the time. I've played many examples of that on this show. Death, destruction, 
violence, killing, uh, 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 doing things on women and stuff like that, you know? And then you wonder why the kids are acting the way they do. It's just sad that people do not see this. I remember every time I remember I was growing up when I remember I was watching Courageous Cat and Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, right? And then I said, I looked up to my brother the other day, a couple weeks ago, right? I said, Courageous Cat. It said debut 1960. I said, my father was like a teenager when this came out. And we used to love Courageous Cat. Remember the frog? We were like, yeah, the frog was we watching videos on YouTube, you know? And then Spider-Man says, man, amazing Spider-Man. All these things were Marvel and stuff that came out where they were fighting the diabolical or the DC comics when not Batman and Robin fighting the Joker and all these other people like this. That puts you on the side. Yeah, Batman, what did Batman and Robin say? Crime does not pay. It's crime fighting, you know? So therefore, your heroes are saying crime doesn't pay. So I'm not going to be a criminal. They know to like 80 to 90%, 99%, you're going to stay on the straight and narrow. Why? Because everything around you is about, yeah, living a night. You are, it's okay to live the life. But when, when 89% of what you see is people living in these big houses. I see young uh, Diddy had a house in a mansion in Buckhead, Atlanta, abandoned. I remember that house before. I've seen it before in one of his videos. Abandoned. A multi-million dollar house. It's abandoned. I think it's for sale for like $5 million or something like that. What's the, what's the, they always say, What's the profit of man to gain the world and lose his soul? What was all that big? I got a big house and everything. These people who basically sell their soul for these big houses and everything, that don't bring you no happiness. That don't bring you any peace. And so all these material things that you sell us on that we got to have that we're nothing if we don't have all this wealth and everything. Sure, we want people want that wealth and everything. But the bottom line is this. I would not trade that for I'd rather have a decent community. I want to be able to go to any black community in America and be accepted as kinfolk, you know, and stuff like that like we used to have. You'd be able, you used to be able to go to any black community, be welcome, and be peaceful, safe for, and people play, uh, give you a plate of food. We don't have that anymore in black America. Every day, people, dozens of people are dying every day. Black America is dying uh, uh, every day. That's why it's hard. Even Buffalo, people have been already forgotten about that already. Because they, every day, shooting, death, and destruction, and hatred in black America. We can't talk about one white boy hating us. Always. We have a time to be angry about that. But all the anger and hatred that cost so many black lives on a daily basis, we have to address. Because there's nobody showing us that black love and being normal is okay. It's okay for you as a 15-year-old to have a job at McDonald's, when go to school, you know, ride your bike to work, you know, it's okay. It's okay if you just have a regular job and maybe you want to get something better in the future and everything like that. Maybe you might not get that girl and she may not like you and everything, but it's okay. It's okay for you to be single and not have a girlfriend because you can't find the right one, whatever. But you don't have to go out there. Put, I see dudes, I say, dude, you ain't no damn thug. Everybody to get women or to even survive in the black market, you have to be a thug. No, you have to be a thug. I seen this one video. I'm gonna play it back. I'm gonna see if I can find this. I hope I save this shit. You know, I hope I save this shit. I hope I say. I, I would say this. She was fine as hell. She said, "Man, I met this fine dude. Whatever, like that." She, I met this fine dude. 
in uh, in the thing. She goes, why does nigga tell me he works for FedEx? Why could he just say he was a drug dealer? I would have gave him some. He looks so good to him. He's going to tell me he works for FedEx. That's the culture we live in. These evil women out here are pushing these brothers into this life. You know, that's what we're doing. You know? You know, that's that's exactly what we're doing, folks. And so uh, we basically got like this. So we'll be back in a second, folks. And so I, we're going to talk more about this. How is the deadly clown come up? Because I don't think we're doing this on purpose. It's always been out The deadly clown culture has always been out there by the people that want to destroy us. The people that want to keep us second class. And while we're out here acting a fool, they're running everything. And so it is what it is. Fuck that. I put you down to the bone bristle. Hills people's gun missile, heat seeking. Johnny Blaze, nightmares like West Craven. Niggas gunning, my third eye seen it coming before it happened. You know about them fucking statin kids, they smash everything, huh? And in these shape form of fashion, and everybody talking about these laughing. Hmm, is you busting still or is you flashing? Hmm, talking out your asshole. You should have learned about the flow and PZ Afro. Italian stallion, chinky eye and snot nose. From my naps, with the bunion on my big toe. I keeps it moving, don't just what the fuck I'm doing. Rap insomniac, seen to catch a nigga snoozing. Slip the cardiac, arrest me. Exorcist, hip hop, possess me. Punch a nigga like a nephew. You know my stage, burning to a third degree. Sneaky ass, alley cat, top pedigree. The head toucher, industry party bum rusher. You don't like it, dick up in your fuck up. Yo, I slayed them seeds back in the rec room era. My style broke motherfucking backs like him for terror. Most rap niggas came loud with unheard. Once I pulled out, round them off to the nearest third. Check these non visual niggas with tapes in the portrait. Flood the seminar trying to orbit this corporate in the street. But what them niggas can't see must break through like the woof unexpectedly. Protect your neck, my sword still remains imperial. Before I blast the mic, Rizzy scratch off the cereal. We rain all year round from June to June. My niggas bite immediately, if not soon. Set the lynching, and form the execution date as this 2000 beyond slight suffocate. Amplify sample through back and tubes to pressures. For Rizzy, the charge niggas 20 G's a session. The mind mind starts to click, and the strategy is mastered the plot thicken. Just need that. I don't give a cotton picking fuck about a brother trying to pop a nigga up. I hold my own, on half a tech to dumb. Look at mama, baby boy, acting like he grown. No time for sleep, I can keep at the baritone. Killer V that be holding down his honeycomb. Lounging son, ooh, brother number one. Protect your neck, flying guillotines, here they come. Bloody bastards, hard times and kill attack. Spitting words, plucks of my automatic slurs. Keep the graphic, novel from the genie bottle. Hit the clutch, shift the gear now, full throttle. Time to bungee to the next episode that keeps it grungy. Hand on my nutsack and spitting lungs. Had a whack, nigga, that. Don't understand the fact when they come to rid the track. So I don't know how to act. Real rap from the stack. Killer Hill Project. Hard to be exact. Break it down. All in the governor. 
Things are getting good, looking better now. Welcome back to the last segment of Voice of the College Nation show. I'm the College Genesis Chief Host on the Voice of the College Nation, culture critic and geopolitical pundit. Okay, I played the Jizzes music, Wu-Tang, for a reason. Okay, now the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, uh, like, I, like, I, like me, wa- grew up watching Shaw Brothers and Golden Harvest Kung Fu movies, right? I learned a lot of moral tales watching these films growing up, right? Rizzo talked about that, too. And once uh, movie, The 36th Chamber, how a monk who was, uh, parents were slaughtered by the Qings, went to the Shaolin, learned Kung Fu, and came back and avenged his parents. But in those movies, it always taught you about vengeance and good over evil and stuff like that. We realized that this good and evil is in every human being, every culture, and every civilization. When there's balance, okay? It's in every culture to know what's right and wrong. I don't believe this. We was taught this idea that all oh, the white man told us the Bible. We don't know. You know what's right and wrong. Everyone culture knows what's good and evil. That's universal in all men. Some cultures are evil. They accept evil as a norm. But that's not the case. Now, uh, like back to what I'm saying. A lot of these movies and stuff like that were based on story. And when they make films and everything, they're trying to reach the youth. There was this movie called King Tiger. Right, I think it's Jackie Jackie Chan had a cameo in it. It came on the seventies, right? It's on uh, it's on Netflix, I believe. It's called King Tiger. One of the conversations that struck me in this movie, not really kung, it was a kung fu movie, but not really. But one of the things that struck me in this movie was this. This fact, I saw this movie like a year ago. The conversation they're sitting around and they're in Hong Kong, and they're basically in Hong Kong. You know, Hong Kong is a society and everything like that but every society i don't care how great you are is vulnerable to this thing we're battling this thing globally we have a global uh humanity have a global fight against crime murder and destruction and gangsterism from from the beginning of time till now there's that always that that war now the new world order the governments and everything if they want the money in the country they want, they will side with the gangsters. I mean, it was like during World War II occupation of Japan. Who did, who did the United States military side with? The Yakuza. In, the, uh, in Italy, an occupation of Italy, who got things done for the U.S. military? The mafia. So the government does not care about that. So if, they get, so if that's the case there, why do you think we have people like Freeway Ricky Ross and all these other people, drug lords, Frank Lucas and all of them, why? Because they're useful to keep the people down. They don't care about thugs controlling black. They know what these thugs do. Now, when they get too powerful, now they don't need them anymore. Now it's time to round them up. The new another rapper group just I don't even I keep forget who these people are. I'm sorry, I should write this down, folks. Another rap crew just got arrested uh, saying they got a Rico Jones. Another rapper down in Florida got arrested for a two hundred fifty thousand dollars chain and everything. They round them all up. They don't need them anymore. The damage is done. The next generation of black people are done. They don't need them anymore. Now it's time to clean up, clean their mess up. Type in new sense. Now back to what I'm talking about, the, the, the Kung Fu movies, right? So in this movie, right, the guy was sitting around at an at a outdoor diner. And he was looking at some trash magazines, right? 
He said, look at this. He said, it showed magazines where you have Chinese gangsters who have all the money and women and everything. He said, and it was a movie, about a movie. He said, well, see, look at this, friend. Look at all these movies. Look at, look at this. This is, you know, this is what the youth are seeing. And you wonder why the youth are like this. They just had the one um, girl, right? He said, yeah, I was came here and whatnot. We all, we both emigrated from this other part of China. But then he goes, and, and I said, wow, this mirrors life everywhere. It's got a lot of stuff with Universal. And then they showed the one scene where she was smoking a cigarette. He said, but yeah, but she started hanging around the wrong crowd and everything. So in every culture, there's always the wrong crowd. So it's something universal. I bought it. Like, yeah, all right. I, I went through that. She started hanging out with the wrong crowd. And I seen her with some certain guys that were questionable and stuff like that. He said, look at this stuff, right? This is what I use. And then the mobile was about the, the, the gang their culture in, in Hong Kong that were influencing the youth. And then the guys were like, yeah, we make these films. We're trying to make money. And that's what the people want to see. So a lot of Chinese filmmakers say, look, we have to make we have to make heroes. That's why they have Wang Fei Hung and stuff like that, you know? The hero's a good guy. And Wang Fei Hung always paid uh 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 Yu Fat. He he said that he basically he was uh, a kung fu fighter of the white crane style, right? And Bruce Lee uh watched uh, watched some film. Bruce Lee was wasn't really respectful for his style, right? I don't really get to that sort of kung fu or whatever like that. But one for you uh 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 um uh, one fake, uh, one he played one for Hung. Uh, uh, I forgot his name. He played one for Young. I forgot his name. But this guy was like a master of the Eagle Claw style, right? And Bruce Lee said, I grew up watching him and everything like that, you know, but hey, that's not my style. I'm just a free, so I don't really believe in forms and all that. But this guy said in his book, in his, his book called um, uh, one of his movies, he always made sure that he played the good guy. He said he always made sure that he's left a message for the people who's watching him, to his fellow man, that he's the do the right thing. You know, the hero is about doing the moral thing. What? What? How can we don't have that anymore in our in our culture? We don't have men like this anymore. You know, and I said to myself, my God, that's why I fell in love with these kung fu movies, right? Because uh, uh, uh what's what's this guy's name? I forgot his name. Uh. I gotta look this up. Let me see if I can find him. On a hunch, I'm gonna try to find him and everything, but I think he should be honored. The whole thing is, we don't have that anymore. You never hear anybody say, "I'm." It's my job to play the good guy, you know. Uh, play the good guy because I got I gotta send a message to my fellow man, you know. He always played the good guy, you know. It was left a moral message. It wasn't about how much money he made. He made a lot. He made over like. 100 films. But he was popular in the 50s and the 60s in Chinese cinema. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Kong. Sorry about the noise, folks. Hong Kong movie actor. Eagle Claw. Oh, what was it? Yeah, he was white crane. No, white crane. He was a, not white. Excuse my phone. He was a white crane master. White crane master. White crane. Master. Master. Okay. Let's see now. Okay, his name. I think his name was. Uh, 
Okay, yeah, his name is Quan Tai Ng. Found it, right? He was, he was, it's according to Wikipedia, born ni- June 1945 uh, uh, to 1908, uh, uh, was a Hong Kong actor, best known martial arts, Wong Fei Hung, you know, and 70, I said 100 films, 70 films between 1940 and 1980. No one else in cinema portrayed the same person many times. He was elected 1955 chairman of Chinese uh, Arts Association of Hong Kong. He was awarded the uh, B. M.E. British a member order of the British Empire, you know, and he died at age ninety-one. Now the whole thing is, um, uh, let's see, something like that. I'm gonna read where it was like this. Sorry, where we go. But I, in a book, where he he made that quote about always starring as a good guy, you know, he started in nineteen seventy-four. Uh, uh, Golden Harvest uh, Sky with Samuel Hung. I gotta get that movie, you know. He he was Juan received an honorable Emmy with charitable work, charitable work, and contribution to the entertainment industry in 1984. On, uh, on uh, November 1984, he married his second wife uh, whilst raising money for Chinese war effort. To, uh, to the Chinese, he embodied. Yeah, so here it is right here. Here, here it is right here. To the Chinese, Quan embodied Confucian virtues and patriarchal authority, as thought to have modeled his speeches as those of Sun Yat-sen. Quan appeared in cameos and film roles in Family Strikes Back, Aces Go to Places, both in 1986. His final film was 1994, a comedy film. It's a Wonderful Life, at age of 89, 61 years after Fred. He died 91 pancreatic cancer. You know? You know, action style. Okay. Yeah, he's a Hungar. Hungar is a Tiger Crane style. You know? But he, he specializes in White Crane. Yeah, Hungar and the White Crane style. Uh, like I said, it's somebody basically you should look up, you know. You know, although martial film featured a lot of violence, at the end, Massimo oh, saves the main villain. He saves the main villain from being killed by a butcher, Samuel Hong. Reflected Wong's portrayal of the real where he would defeat the villain, but would then heal him. We saw that in the movie Black Panther. Remember the Black Panther, uh, uh, King Shala, Hell Killmonger, you know. So basically, uh, what I'm trying to say is this, though, you know. <laughs> It's all about the culture. We could change this around with the type of films we hate, what type of characters that we portray, what type of characters we buy into. And that guy right here, this man right here, uh, uh, Quan, was a hero of mine, you know. He really intrigued me as a young man, right? I read about him when I was, I found out about him when I was 18 years old. And he talked about how it was important for him to play the good guy in the movies. How it was important for him to leave a moral message behind. Because these things right here, I don't know what people think about. This is a constant battle. As soon as you, there's an old Chinese saying, for evil to triumph, good men have to sit by and do nothing. When you sit by and let your culture go, you let the the very worst of people uh, uh, get on record labels and stuff like this and, and promote evil and promote filth and trash and everything. We deserve what we get. It's not blaming you. What do we set up for them? Where's our, uh, our Dr. Kwans and stuff like that, the people who have this more moral morality about them? 
or do the right thing. So people, now people, I'm going to talk about a person that's controversial, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was a very flawed man, but he tried. He tried to give a patriarchal image, father figure. He had it with the Fat Albert series. Everyone in the Fat Albert series is about doing right, morals, what's right and wrong. I watched Bill Cosby. I watched the Cosby Show and uh, and uh, Fat Out when I was a kid. When that that had an effect on me, because I found myself in a situation. Well, what do you do? You find Miss Such and Such wallet. What do you do? You spend it or you take it back? I had children's programs where that happened. So I said, no, the right thing to do is turn the money in. You didn't earn it. That's not yours. And in all my life, I always did the right thing, because I sh- I, would, I had role models, I had examples. But when you have rap videos out there where people are doing stupid stuff, sticking up people, you know, doing, getting the camera and acting ignorant, and now you don't have to have videos on. Now you got world star hip hop, people acting a fool and whatnot, and they got viral videos and whatnot, people doing stupid shit, ignorant shit and everything, and people pass around. And you wonder why this culture is viral and everybody seems to be out of control. Because people, you are so scared to even, of these clowns. That you won't even comment. Uh, you think we think somebody's gonna jump through a computer screen and attack you? Oh man, see, you a sellout. You 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 a hater. You know, I don't give a fuck about you calling me a goddamn hater. You think I get that that offends me, nigga? Are you putting money in my pocket? No. And not a goddamn thing you can do to me. Oh man, I don't, I don't give a fuck with you. A lot of people, I hate calls. I had one dude talking about, yeah, cocktail with Justin. Yeah, oh, I hope you do see me sometime. I hope you stupid enough to try to roll up on me. If you think you're going to get a beef from me on what something I say or whatever like that, that's going to be your tough luck. But you're not going to get me to change my opinion. If you want to do that, you're going to pull up on me. You better pull up and make it count. Yeah, but I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm going to keep saying what well, bitch ass nigga. I'm going to keep telling you. How to how you a clown? You a fucking fool? You think I give a damn? No, I don't. I have no fucks to give. I have no fucks to give. This guy went deal you on a thing saying I have no fucks to give. That was so freaking funny. You know, I got no fucks to give. I got that was so fucking funny on YouTube. You know, you see, I mean, on TikTok. <coughs> we don't have that much time. I don't know if I'm gonna waste time trying to find that, but that was just so freaking funny. Yeah, yeah. I have no fucks to give. 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 That was just so hilarious. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I can't find. Let's see. Question. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if I can find this one lady. And I got too many of these women. I have no. I, now, I can't do TikTok today. I got too many of them. I don't want to get into any, uh, you know, uh, I don't. I got. I got to. I don't want to get into any of this stuff. Right. We'll play some TikTok. Uh, TikTok next week. You know, we'll play some TikTok. I have some TikTok. Yeah, well, that was funny. Cause I, it's a song called "I Have No Fucks to Give." Well, let me see if I can find this. I, I can't explain it. I have no fucks to give. Let me see if I can find this. Let me see if I can find it. I have no fucks to give. I have no books. Let's see. Uh-huh. Oh, no. 
think this is it right here. Yes, yeah, this, this is pretty funny. There it is. I cried. Oh, here we go. Cried, cried, and I can't recall what for. I pressed, I pushed, I yelled, I begged in hopes of some success. But the inevitable fact is that it never will impress. I've known no fucks again. My fucks have run it dry. I've tried to go fuck shopping, but there's no fucks left to buy. I've no more fucks to give, no more fucks I've tried to get. I'm over my fuck budget, and I'm now in fucking debt. That's hilarious. <laughs> this, is a, this is a longer version of one. This is hilarious, right? I tried, 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 and I tried even more. I cried, 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 and I can't recall what for. I pressed, I pushed, I yelled, and then the hopes of some success. The inevitable fact is that it never will impress. I've no more bucks to give, and my bucks have run up dry. I've tried to go fuck shopping, but there's no bucks left to buy. I've no more bucks to give, no more bucks I've tried to get. I'm over my fuck budget, and I'm now in fucking debt. <laughs> I strive, strive, strive to get everything done. I play by all the rules, but I very rarely won. I smile, I've charmed, I've fooled, I've laughed, alas, to no avail. I'd run round like a moron to unequivocally fail. I've no more fucks to give, my fuck news has just blown. I've been hunting for my fucks all day, but I've up and fucked off home. I've no more fucks to give. Started out in uh, 2022. Uh, half the year was I you know, fuck your feelings. And I said, look, you fuck your feelings. 
Now my anthem is I have no more fucks to give. So I can't fuck your feelings. I have no fuck. I, I have no more fucks to give. I don't give a fuck. Do you understand? I give no fuck. We're living in a time right now where people they want your sim. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't help you. If you want to fuck up, that's on fucking you. And so what I'm saying about Bill Cosby was this, right? I, I, I mean, try his best, you know. It's very funny that the people who fuck up the most, the people who live the most trife life, what I'm saying here, oh, Bill Cosby did this and everything like that. Could it be that you're doing, see, you got to say some people who live fucked up lives, babies all over the place, they got child support. They got warrants out for their arrest and this kind of thing. When people live in, you got to, before you start listening to somebody, right, you got to dig a little deep into them. When people basically don't like people like Kevin Samuel and stuff like that, their life is fucked up. People want to live that fucked up life, you know, that ratchet life and everything. And I, what I hate more than anything is when ratchet, dirty-ass black people, right, try to pass themselves off as decent black people. See, they can't see when they get in front of you, they will try to sound like they're educated and try to talk proper and everything. But you know, you're just a bunch of niggas. I, I hate when females do that the most. You know, that chick ain't nothing but a hoe. She fucks with the worst type of niggas around and whatnot. But she gets on t- uh, video and everything and she try to act like she's educated. Or she might be going to school and get her degree, her degree and stuff like that. But you know, she's from the streets. I don't give a damn what you're about your degree and your but, but, but all we know is when you're around those white folks, you try to act all prim and proper. I've seen it. You try to act all prim and proper and everything, and your job, you get your car new and everything. You know you got niggas hitting you hit niggas up for their child support. You got this nigga that's your mechanic friend. You got this nigga that's your fucking uh your weed man. That nigga out there is your food guy who takes you out. You brag about the fact that you ain't fucking these niggas and doing all stuff like this. You think you just got together and all stuff like this. And you try to pass yourself off as some decent woman. Oh, the reason why you want that good man, because you want to be able to replace that dude that you give signal to and whatnot. You know, that's why we think I have more female friends. If you have, if you a dude that uh, that's doing stuff for a woman that's not your woman, you are a friggin' fool. I don't give a damn what you say. If she's not your woman and you ain't laying with her, you ain't getting together with her, she ain't got, you have no business doing anything for no woman. Let her call her brother, her daddy, her uncle, whatever like that. And that's what these women do. They don't have to get husbands because they got fools around the community. Right? We don't have a community anymore. We've told our women, you don't have to get a man. Now, of course, why would you get a man if you got men around the communities? Oh, that's my friend over there. You know, he helped me out. He gave me two hundred dollars for my storage bill. I ain't fucking him though. They were saying, I ain't fucking him though. That so so you less of a whore because you're taking a man, you know, because you flirt with him and you giving him signals and everything like that, you know. You know he got a wife and everything, but you're taking his money. But you, but since you're not fucking, it's all right. Like I said, folks, I have no more fucks to give. This clown culture, and the bottom line is look, stop being a clown for these women. Stop being a buffoon. You know, stand up and be a fucking... We need men for nowadays. And more and more right now, we need more men like Kevin Samuels. We need more men standing up. Stop being weak. Have some self-esteem about yourself. A woman is not going to approach a guy like me. A guy who, like, they got this shit together. 
a guy that's good looking, confident in himself and everything. They're not going to approach me with that clown shit. They'll go, oh, yeah, well, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You better get it yourself. Oh, my tired. And I've seen a girl, uh, I gave her a jump a couple of months ago and everything. That was it. But she said, my boyfriend's on. I said, you don't have to mention that you got a boyfriend, whatever like that. I'm not doing this. I just saw you sitting outside my office and everything. I know, uh, office, I want to give you a hand. You don't have to mention you got a goddamn boyfriend. But this has been College Genesis, Chiefs Voice of the, voice of the Culture, of the Colony Nation, uh, Culture Society, Geopolitical Pundit. I will be back next week, same collar time, same collar channel, and good night.